everyone. Welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Julia Beauchamp. I am here with Network World senior writer John Gold. And today we're going to be talking about Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6E. So stick around. All right, John, thank you so much for calling in. So Wi-Fi 6, we know maybe a little bit about, but I want to talk about first what Wi-Fi 6 is and why Wi-Fi 5 wasn't good enough. Well, I mean, the short answer is when is any of this stuff good enough? You know, it talks about iterating and improving um, and all that sort of thing. Um, Wi-Fi 6 is such a big deal, largely because it's just, it's probably the biggest evolution um, of, you know, the basic Wi-Fi standard um, in a long time. Uh, it's the way it handles, um, you know, it has two technologies in it that are particularly, uh, they're called OFDMA and uh, MU-MIMO. If... Uh, I can probably remember it's um, orthogonal frequency division, multiple access, which I'm going to pretend I remembered off the top of my head. Um, but in essence, what these are, are just clever ways to help subdivide, um, you know, the amounts of spectrum that Wi-Fi is using to send information back and forth. Um, and it's just the, with the upshot being that it's just a lot more efficient and, um, you know, a lot better able to handle really dense deployments of devices. So can we also talk a little bit about what you, the first acronym that you mentioned, the multi-user MIMO, because that's also a pretty big deal and a slight upgrade from Wi-Fi 5, right? Yes, um, it's a MIMO technology is multiple input, multiple output. Um, single user MIMO is just the ability to use multiple antennas at one end of the device to, at one end of a circuit to send information um to you know to somebody somebody else uh multi-user mimo is you know the ability to use all those different antennae to you know make a bunch of different connections so you know it's just that much more able to you know again um have one access point being incredibly able to deal with like a lot of connections at the same time great so the short answer of why wi-fi 6 is such an upgrade from wi-fi 5 and why it's perhaps more desirable than wi-fi 5 is basically more efficient more channels speed and density basically yeah that's about right okay so it's obviously a really appealing solution and i know i talked about this maybe a week or so ago um when i did a video with jackold who is not you um <laughs> and we talked we get a little confused bit all the time it's... <laughs> so we talked a little bit about how everyone's working from home now and everyone's also relying therefore on their home networks, which in some cases maybe is enough. Maybe someone is really into getting, you know, the top of the line, highest speeds that their ISP offers. And maybe some people are still working off of their Wi-Fi networks or routers that are years and years old. I mean, it's potential that they're still working off of Wi-Fi 4, right? So sure. something that we talked about is the appeal of Wi-Fi 6 for I mean, p potential um, employers to have their employees, their remote employees, upgrade to Wi-Fi 6. How easy is that transition right now for just, you know, your layperson Wi-Fi user? Oh, I mean, just if you're talking about uh, upgrading remote workers to that sort of, uh, to the new standard, yeah, it's um, it's pretty easy. You just need to buy them a new router and they can plug it in if they're able to do that. Um, I would imagine most remote workers can handle it. So um, it's, yeah, it's quite easy. And that's, and that's a really good way. I think, I think the only issue is that with home connections, a lot of the time, what's going to happen is that Wi-Fi 6 is going to be just almost like too much capacity in and of itself. Like you're going to be 
you're still going to be bottlenecked by however fast your home internet connection, you know, is to begin with. So I, I wonder how exactly how much it will help, but you know, it's, it is, you know, better, newer technology. It certainly couldn't hurt. And I think another big caveat, and I talk about this so much, especially in regards to 5G. I mean, with 5G, it seems like it's, you know, that hype wireless technology of the moment. But if you don't have a wireless device that is equipped with 5G capabilities, you can't really benefit from these 5G networks. Is that similar for Wi-Fi 6? Um, it was until fairly recently, but um, we've actually got uh, Wi-Fi 6 capable endpoints on the market now. Um, some of the latest laptops, um, latest flagship phones from like Apple and Samsung all have it, I believe. Um, so it's we're hitting that inflection point where um, it's going to start being, you know, sort of the, you know, the common standard for everything. So let's shift gears a little bit now and talk about Wi-Fi 6E, which, so how is that different from Wi-Fi 6? I feel like that's the most important question right now. Um, well, broadly, what happened was um, this is, uh, you know, a new tech. The wireless industry has been angling for this for a long time. Um, it's uh, the and uh, the FCC recently just made um, a big decision that opens a huge amount of spectrum in the uh, six gigahertz range, which, again, they've been after for a long time to, uh, you know, so this is um, I believe I was reading that it's something like four or five times as much spectrum as um, all Wi-Fi in general has had in the past. So this is, you know, just an enormous amount of new bandwidth for them to play with. You know, um, it uh, Wi-Fi 6E will let you use just huge channels um, and, and lots of them at once uh, to send data around. So again, you know, the, uh, the advantages are going to be, you know, faster speeds um, and, you know, better and a better ability to handle multiple connections. So it's just, you know, been a, a big improvement over the top. What's a real world scenario that maybe our viewers can look at to better understand how Wi-Fi 6E is different than Wi-Fi 6 and even Wi-Fi 5? Well, I don't know what a, I guess a real world scenario would look like, but I guess just the thing to remember is that it's, you know, again, it, um, it's like Wi-Fi, but, you know, with, you know, a huge amount of extra capacity, you know, just, you know, access to these airwaves that they haven't had access to before. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, the, they're very excited. Uh, well, I've got, you know, there's been a lot of celebrating in my inbox from wireless equipment makers lately. Um, they're, they're very pleased. Um, it was, and the interesting thing is it was actually done, you know, partially over the objections of, um, you know, other sort of stakeholders. There's been, you know, licensed use uh, of the six gigahertz band uh, for a long time. Um, and it's, I believe it sort of butts up against um, things like GPS and, you know, global positioning. Um, and so I, I think, for example, like the Defense Department wasn't happy about it, but, um, you know, just the potential for, you know, opening up this huge new uh, area of spectrum to unlicensed use, uh, I guess the FCC decided it was it was worth it. So, so who's going to be able to use that new band? So previously, the available bands were 2.4 and 5 gigahertz, right? Yes. So who is going to be able to now use the 6 gigahertz band? Is it any provider is that what makes it sort of unlicensed? Yeah, it's 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 there for Wi-Fi. So anybody who makes, um, you know, you can can make a router that will, you know, label it Wi-Fi 60, and if it has the right radios and everything, and it's up to standard, it will be able to use those uh, uh, those new frequencies. So let's think a little bit now about consumers. Okay, great, they now have their Wi-Fi six enabled 
iPhone 11 and they have a Wi-Fi 6 router at home and they're it's great, it's awesome. They can connect, you know, tons of iPhone 11s to their Wi-Fi 6 router. But can they connect to this sure. Wi-Fi 6E? Um, um, no, not yet. Um, you're going to need, that's going to require um, a new, it's going to require a new kinds of radios uh, in everything, uh, in access points and in endpoints. Um, I, from what I'm hearing, I believe we'll probably see, you know, sort of first generation, um, possibly even pre-standard uh, Wi-Fi 6E access points uh, hit the market, you know, maybe in time for the holidays this year, um, which is already pretty quick uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and then we'll start seeing um, endpoints and then probably, you know, more enterprise focus um, access points, you know, pro early-ish next year, I would say. So obviously before any of this happens, you know, device makers need to make the actual um, router devices clients or um, other sort of user devices, you know, laptops, phones, um, maybe IoT devices need to, those need to be created. But let's talk first about the standards. What are, I mean, just because it's unlicensed doesn't really mean it's going to be a free for all, right? No, um, the, the IEEE is the group that, um, you know, sort of handles all the standard making for this. Um, and they, they, you know, they move at their own pace. And, you know, they're, a ton of industry stakeholders in there so it's you know at least partially driven by the industry itself um but you know sometimes you'll get you know companies with their you know if they're particularly confident that you know they can make some you know a piece of equipment that's going to be um compatible with you know the eventual official wi-fi 60 standard they'll make it sell it as wi-fi 60 even since that is tech technically still a marketing term i believe they still use the 802.11 whatever um, officially. Um, but yeah, so you'll get pre-standard gear like that, uh, in, in some points. All right. So before I let you go, John, I think I just want to sort of, you know, set our viewers expectations in order. So if they are, if they are looking to deploy, you know, once all of their employees are back into the office and they're, they work in the IT department, can they deploy Wi-Fi six now? What is, what sort of devices do their employees need? Um, and then I also want to think a little bit about Wi-Fi 6, when and what is the benefit for some types of enterprises to use, either or. I think broadly everyone's going to want to upgrade to Wi-Fi 6 at some point. It just, a lot of it's going to depend on what your upgrade cycle looks like, and which in turn will depend on what industry you're in, you know, any number of variables specific to your business itself. Um, so that's... You know, I'm sorry not to be more specific, but the upshot is that everyone's going to want it eventually. Um, you know, every every endpoint is eventually going to have it. Um, it's just, you know, it's going to be the new standard, and it's going to be, and it's already started to happen, frankly. So, and just one more thing that I'm curious about: since this now six gigahertz band is going to be unlicensed, how will some um, companies or departments, agencies who have been operating now on this six gigahertz band, how are they going to be dealing with any potential interference? Is there a potential for interference? Um, that The answer to that depends largely who you ask. The uh, wireless industry says, of course not. There are many safeguards built into this, into the standard. Um, there's, no, there's no potential for interference at all. Um, the current stakeholders who are in there say, well, actually, no, there's a lot of potential still for interference, but it's... To be honest, it's tough to tell. Uh, you know, analysts I've spoken to seem to think that the potential for you know seriously impacting something like GPS is 
fairly remote. But, you know, again, this is there's a lot of back and forth about that still. Well, thank you so much, John, for calling in and talking Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6E. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And thank you all so much for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. If you have any questions about Wi-Fi 6 or Wi-Fi 6E or even Wi-Fi 5, please leave a comment below and I'll get back to you or I'll get back to you on John's behalf. Thanks again for watching and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.